I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. My name is David Laura. I'm, of course, with Catherine Whitaker inside the Eurosport green room. To my left, we have Mats Verlander, seven-time Grand Slam champion and former world number one, with his feet on the table watching tennis. You're right, Catherine. You did say watching Mats Verlander watch tennis is way more interesting than watching tennis. You are right. To my left as well is Alex Goretzka, former French Open champion. No, not champion. <laughs> finalist. Now I'm in trouble. Uh, he's. Just the air, I tell you, should we just say for the sake of this argument that he was a champion? Because in my book, he was a champion. Uh, but we've got a, a, another very special guest on the show today by popular demand, by Twitter demand at Tennis Podcast. We will get on to the results because we've had Simona Halep win 15-13 in the third set, three hours and four. 44 minutes against Lauren Davis. Extraordinary match, saving three match points. We will get on to Angelique Kerber against Maria Sharapova and Roger Federer and all these other great players. However, Catherine, please reveal who our special guest is today. Star of the tennis court of Eurosport and of BBC Radio is Naomi Brody. Hello, Naomi. Um, I feel slightly um, inadequate after all of the names you've just said. Yeah, but... You know. I feel like I need um, more results in my career. I've, you've, you've just listed me after Kerber, Federer. Still early days. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, well, I'm very young. We're apparently adding Grand Slam titles to, to people's resumes. So Yeah, I mean, if it makes you feel any better... We, you can introduce me as a Wimbledon champion if you like. I won't tell anyone. Well, yeah. I mean, Catherine and I, we can't play at all, so that's all right. Well, actually, uh, now I'm in trouble with Catherine because she, she beat me in our one and only match. And we're having our rematch next week, aren't we? It was unedifying for everyone involved. Though. It was, three and a half years ago. That's in the footnotes, yeah. Yes. So, Naomi, your first attempt at commentary this week. How's it been? Um, well, I've done the BBC radio commentary. This is my one-year anniversary for radio commentary now. It started last year accidentally. I actually burst out crying um, in my press conference um, when Russell was trying to interview me after I'd lost to Gavril over in three sets on Margaret Court. And um, I don't know if it was... We'd, we, it was a night match. I'd finished really late, so I don't know if it was... I was just so tired, or obviously I was upset I'd lost as well, but um, he, he sort of said, don't worry, we'll do it the next day, and he brought me in during the comment, his commentary of Dan Evans's match the next day, and 
um, the producer kind of scribbled on a piece of paper, we, we like what you're saying and if you stay then we'll pay you. So I sort of thought, great. Good work. Um, and then I was invited back the next day to do Heather's Match and um, the rest is history. Yeah. Um, but this good. week was my first TV commentary. So oh, yeah. that was a bit Four. different for Eurosport. You got it right this time. I did. I, um, I got a bit carried away with myself and thought it was for ESPN. But, you know, um, you I didn't tweeted and Instagrammed to watch me on ESPN yes. before you so kindly let me know that it was, in fact, Eurosport I would be appearing on. Well, so that was fine. Public my, my mistake was corrected. Yeah, well done. Um, and uh, so, uh, how do the two types of medium differ, radio and TV? How have you found that? Um, radio, obviously, you speak continuously because you speak during the point. You have to describe what's going on. You have to be much more descriptive because people can't see what's happening. You have to describe it to them. So when I went to do TV, I had to be careful that I wasn't patronising the viewers by over-describing what was going on. So it was a little bit different. And also just to be quiet when the opponents, are, when the players, sorry, are playing. Because yes. um, so people are it, watching basically. with me. Yeah, so... Yeah. In some ways, it's easier. You get you get to switch your mics off during the the ad breaks on TV as well. Whereas in radio, you keep going. So um, they're they're just different. Yeah. And now you've got the ultimate. You're here on the tennis podcast with Catherine and me. Brilliant. This is this is the goal. This is your life goal. This is what dreams are made of. That's and it. we get to do this sitting down, which involves yes. no standing on tiptoes. For no, me. or on sandbags. On sandbags. Yeah, yes. which is a far better system. Yeah. No. Naomi's a little bit taller than me. Yes, marginally. Yes, I, I quite enjoy standing next to Naomi. It's fantastic. Um, so today we've had Simona Halep win through. I mean, it's an incredible achievement, isn't it? Given the fact that she rolled her ankle about three or four days ago. Absolutely amazing. I've, As I said before we came in here, today was actually going to be my day off. Um, and then I was offered to do another match on Eurosport and... Um, very happily accepted but I was actually sat having tapas and following the match on live score and just saying I can't believe they're still going I was just watching it tick over eight all nine all ten all eleven all and um it was absolutely I was we were just down the river if, if you've been here in Melbourne you'll you'll kind of understand the geographics a bit but the tennis is sat just on the river and slightly further down you've got all the restaurants and the casino and so we were just down there it's about a 10-15 minute walk and um I was saying, um, we're going to be able to hear the stadium, though. We're going to hear the Rod Laver Arena erupt when it does finish. And we actually did hear it, but we were slightly closer towards it. But the, the crowd were just amazing. Yeah. Do you think she'll be able to come back and still compete in the next round? I mean, could she still win this tournament after a match like that? Uh, I've obviously not watched much of the match because I wasn't on site, but um, I did watch the end and she looked very tired. Her celebration was kind of... A fatigued one it was silent with her fist up in the air but she's one of the best athletes on tour so yeah I certainly won't be surprised if she's back and ready for the next match what's the longest match you've ever played have you ever played anything like that I have reached three hours a few times I don't know if I've been anywhere close to four though which they they were almost today it's it's the length of a five set men's match it's it was absolutely incredible match yeah, longer than Kyle's five setter yesterday against Basilashvili incredible did, did you see anything of Carl yesterday because he's got now Andres Seppi in the next round how do you think he's going to go on paper off ranking Kyle's going to be the favourite um, going into some of the matches he's already played here he's not been the favourite he's obviously beaten some top players like Anderson and um, whatnot. but it'll be interesting Seppi's obviously playing fantastically for both of them to get through to this round I think they've both had a great tournament already and it's going to be really interesting they 
Seppi also had an extremely long five set match so they're kind of in equal states of fatigue if you like yeah it's going to be on high sense I love that they've scheduled that there high sense arena not before 5pm which is not before 6am UK time so finally we've been we've been asking for the Brits to play night session every day this far 4pm not before 4pm not before 4pm which is 5am UK time so it's a bit of an early one we keep asking for the Brits to play late and every day we get a two fingers up from the Australians. <laughs> They're always on first, which is obviously a nightmare for oh, British you, viewers. People in Britain can get up at 5am, can't they? I, I blooming hope so, yeah. <laughs> of course they can. <laughs> um, we were doing the match with Nick Kyrgios, weren't we, last night? Nick Kyrgios against Joe Alfred Songa. And you, you were talking to me about what Kyrgios is like sort of backstage. And I mean, because... I think people are still trying to find their way with him a little bit, aren't they? Because he's obviously, you know, he's had a few moments which haven't been the best, but it feels like people are gradually starting to get to know him. What, 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 what's your view of him? I love Nick. I have done for a long time. I'm not, I'm not professing my love to him. That's not the point of this. But <laughs> um, he's a really great guy. He's got such a big heart, and I think people are finally starting to catch up to that. And um, he's on court... It, it's not that it's an alter ego, he's, that's still a side of his personality that he's got off the court, but um, I think when, when you're under that much stress, a certain side of your personality comes out that doesn't often come out when you're off the court, and um, I think a lot of it's to do with his age, he's, he's still only, is he 22? Yeah. And we've been, we've been watching him for years already, so it just shows how young he really was when, when, when everyone first started complaining about his antics. He was probably only 18 or 19, and I think we're, we're all lucky that not all of our lives were recorded at 18 or 19, or we'd all have a lot to answer for, I think. Yeah, yeah I can see your point David's staying quiet on yeah. that one, yeah. Do you know what I was like at 18? Tall. Yeah, tall. A bit of a disaster. <laughs> uh, I failed all my A-levels, and... Um, yeah, less said about that, the better. Um, talking of people that maybe people at home didn't know that well early on and have kind of got to know, Andy Murray at the moment is doing a live Twitter chat, unprompted, because uh, his kids haven't got up yet and Andy Murray's got jet lag. What's he like? Andy's another one. He, he, I feel like the British public only finally warmed to him once he lost that close Wimbledon final. And he cried and finally showed some raw emotion and everyone sort of sympathised with him and grew to love him from that point on. And then obviously the next year he, he then won... Was it the same year he then won the Olympics? It was. was it just It was just after, wasn't it? He went on to win the Olympics and then the next year he came back and won Wimbledon and we've, we've just loved him ever since. But he's, he's honestly one of the funniest players off the court and I think you're finally starting to see that on his Twitter um, I especially like when he trolls Trump. Donald he's, Trump. He's very, very funny, and it's almost like he's he's at the point in his injury where he's got so much time on his hands that he's finally found his new love for social media and, in particular, Twitter. And <laughs> he trolls his mum a bit as well, and it's he's just hilarious. He's I love so funny. I love that you clarified which Trump name he was referring to there, as if they could be uh, any, any well, confusion. He's got sons and all that, hasn't he? <laughs> um, but anyway, some of the some of the headlines that coming out of his. Um, his live Twitter chat. Are with that he finds Vegemite rancid? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the sponsor. That's so love disappointing. That. I'm I'm a huge fan of Marmite and Vegemite. So. Also Vegemite the Marmite. Because no. I think Vegemite's fine. I, I like it, but it's no Marmite. I prefer Marmite, but I think it's just because that's what I 
I'm used to first being British. I think most Aussies prefer Vegemite. I don't, there's not much difference. I think it's more the texture than the flavour. I agree. It's a bit grainier, isn't it? Mm. Pros over here. Yeah, I've never it's had delicious it. delicious either and way. I never will. Uh, Andy Murray, will you ever coach an individual player? Yes. I think Andy would be a great coach. He's already such a fantastic mentor to all the British players, not only the guys but the girls. Every time you see him, he's constantly congratulating you on results. Whether it's a $10,000 ITF tournament that you've just played, he's he's totally on it with all the British players' results. And you so often see him by the side of the court. I remember a few years ago watching Kyle Edmund and Dan Evans in the last... I think it was the second round of the qualifying and Andy walked down from his... It was the year he was expecting... Kim was expecting to have the first baby. It was that year. Um, so a few years ago now, um, he walked down from his hotel. It was freezing, as Melbourne can be sometimes. He had a woolly hat on and his puffer jacket zipped all the way up to the top. And he just sat at the top. And the crowds didn't even know he was there. And he just watched the match. He was just there entirely to support the boys. That's it's great to see, isn't it? Uh, he's been asked here about uh, one of his predictions for the future, which was back in 2011. Thoughts on Caroline Garcia's progress six years after you said that she would one day be world number one, says Ida. And Andy Murray says, she's doing great. A lot of people laughed at me last few years. Eight in the world now and was number one in doubles. Let's see. What do you think, Caroline Garcia? She's a fantastic player. I agree. She's definitely got potential to be world number one. She's got so many aspects to a game she's got a great slice great serve she's able to be aggressive she's great up at the net I think the fact that she's been world number one in doubles she's she's got the belief she knows what it takes to be world number one in tennis whether that's doubles or singles um, and you, you often see some, some of the players like Mladenovic and Vesnina they get a lot of their confidence from doubles and they know what it takes to reach those stages of a tournament and they take it through in um, apply it to their singles as well. He's tipped Ash Barty as well for great things. So that's the Aussie journalists sorted for their, their okay, headlines so for tomorrow. All of our global media have just been served up their back pages tomorrow. I think Ash, Ash is the same in similarity to Garcia. She's got so much depth to her game. She's not just one of the players that's going to come out and slap the ball, hit the ball hard. They've, they've both got great hands, great touch both great slices but they're still able to attack and hit the ball when they need to whilst being good movers they've got a good serve and they're both so young as well so I I certainly think they're both going to be up there in the future yeah I think they probably are well they're already doing well I mean Barty's uh, in action very soon what's the match you're commentating on shortly for Eurosport Barty Barty and Osaka that's a good match on and paper. And Asaka's another one to yeah. look for for the future, so uh, that's going to be a really interesting one. She's great, isn't she? She's she's sort of she's just got no filter at all. She seems to be completely herself at all times. Yeah, she kind of she says I'm the weird one on the tour. She's she she, she says I'm so awkward and I'm so weird, and but she she owns, she's starting to own it now, and um, she's such a sweet girl in the locker room. She's really nice. Excellent. So. Once you've done your commentary, then what? What happens to Naomi Brody next? I mean, do you go home? Do you go to the next tournament? What happens? Literally, when I finish my commentary, I'm going to get dinner, have a shower and head to the airport. I fly very early tomorrow morning. I take off at 6am, so I need to leave around 3am to the airport, which is just hurting me to imagine that wake up already. Um, Does it get hard, all this travelling? I mean, you know, it's... It's an amazing life, isn't it? But does it get hard? Um, it is an amazing life, but 
Um, it's a it's it's definitely a difficult one as well. We we're we're constantly on the road. We live out of a suitcase. I think it will be become more difficult when I stop travelling. I think I'll find it hard to adjust back to normal life. For now, I'm used to it, and I don't think anything of it. But I think I get itchy feet. I was I did pre-season at home this year, and I was home for three weeks and just dying to leave after that. So, um, we'll we'll see when I stop travelling what I'll do when I have to be home for months on end. I'm not sure if I'll cope. But hey, if I get into commentary, then I'll get to still travel. So maybe that'll work. Oh, you fancy getting into commentary? <laughs> Excellent. I, this is my favourite line out of uh, of Andy Murray's uh, uh, chat here. Uh, Somebody's asked him, does Judy, his mum, really get on your nerves as much as it seems? He says, no, it's much more than it seems. <laughs> Andy Murray there. So do go and have a look at his Twitter feed. Do have a look at Naomi's Twitter feed. Your Twitter feed's quite entertaining now and again. I don't tweet... I, I tend to just retweet people. I don't tend to, tend to tweet much of my own opinions or anything like that. I tend to um, retweet anything that I find funny or... Sometimes inspirational, mainly funny, um, and then I just tend to let people know when I'm doing my commentary. Yeah. Very hopefully so. It's a quagmire, <laughs> social media, isn't it? An absolute <laughs> quagmire. It is. Well, Naomi, <laughs> lovely to have you with us on the Tennis Podcast. Very nice to have commentated with you as well Thank this you very uh, much. week. I hope we get a chance to do some more of it in the future. Safe travels, and we'll see you again very soon. Thank you. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello tennis podcast listeners, David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Thank you. 
So that was the lovely Naomi Brody talking us through her life as a tennis pro. And here, Catherine Whittaker and myself are now. Towards the end of the day, lots has happened since we were last speaking uh, with Naomi, including Roger Federer, who's virtually won this match. He's worn Richard Gasquet down. He's three love up in the decider as we speak to you. How, how do you think he's looked? He looked awesome in the first set, and then it really did become a contest. I was just completely writing Gasco off, and then there, there was a period of about eight games at the start of the second set when it really was a contest, but then all too predictably, Gasquet capitulated, and uh, yeah, Federer is now completely cruising. It, this, this sort of matchup, it's very difficult to tell really how Federer is playing because, I mean, it, it, it's like when Nadal played Ferrer you know it's the same style of play but Federer is just superior in every department it, it's it's just so perfect for similar him. feel to um, Djokovic against Ramos Vinolas as yes, well yeah. you know and, and tomorrow Nadal against Schwartzman at the moment these guys are not being tested I didn't even run a pole vault for this match <laughs> because I was that convinced of the result Goodness me, how damning for Richard Gasquet. <laughs> Richard, you didn't even warrant a pole vault. First what, question in the press conference. How do you feel that you didn't get a pole vault? Um, sitting in the radio room the way we are, we're surrounded by French journalists, aren't we? So uh, there'll be quite a commotion towards the end of this match with everybody finding the results. So just just a little word of warning there. Very sad commotion. Yes, it will. It'll still be a little bit... Um, yeah, it's still a bit excitable. Well, even Caroline Garcia won three and was good. She was, and actually she did it in three sets against uh, Alexandra Sasnovich. So well done to Caroline Garcia. Talking of impressive women in this tournament, Angelique Kerber is looking awesome in just about every sense of the word. I mean, she's, she's beaten Maria Sharapova handily. It wasn't that competitive. She was never really in any danger. In the first set, she won it 6-1. She just absorbed the power that Sharapova was sending her way. That, that's, what is it you called that, that sort of forehand she hits from almost on the ground? A, the, the crouch squat forehand, which I, uh, I wish it, there were a more elegant term for it. But unfortunately, that, that's, I mean, that, that, that's the most vivid description I can give. And she, yes, she's not the only person that attempts to hit, hit it. Others do it in extremis, but she's the only one that has it sort of regularly in her arsenal and seems to pull it off with regularity and consistency. And, and it's because of her immense strength she is so strong and I know she was that strong last year as well in 2017 and and it just didn't work out for her but we know where that was you know the 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 circum being number one in the world having the target on her back didn't suit her different people you know people are different and it didn't suit her and she was awesome today I do, do think there were two things at play I don't think Sharapova She's had some decent results, and I'm quite sure, I'm certain she'll get back into top 20. She'll probably get back into top 10. I don't think we've seen anything near the peak Sharapova since her comeback from the ban. I really don't. Um, There there have been moments when it's been been good, but I, I think we are hyping her on the basis of reputation a little bit at the moment, and tonight was... It was mostly evidence of Kerber's brilliance, but I, I think there was evidence of Sharapova looking a little bit ordinary as well. Kerber 
to me, I don't think I've seen a healthier looking athlete. You, you said she was as strong last year, but she didn't look like this. She didn't look as healthier. She, she's got a glow about about her physique at the moment. Everything just looks perfectly in proportion. She looks as if she's just just in the zone, really, exactly where she would want to be. Yeah, if you devised a um, robot that could manufacture tennis players, it would probably manufacture Angelique Kerber. Um, she looks just completely born to it at the moment and yeah the, the, there's there's nothing healthy about a grimace and she had a grimace on her face for most of last year and and even in the good moments the the what you saw was relief it wasn't joy you, you saw relief on her fa- face in the good moments it's back to joy now and I just hope that by bigging her up so much we're not putting the pressure back on her and putting the target back on her but I don't think so I, I do think it's different um, and for me she's probably the favourite now could well be. I mean, we were talking earlier about players that might beat her. Maybe somebody who's hitting the ball as hard as Madison Keys. She got through today. Next up, it would be the Shea of Taipei or Radvanska for, for Kerber. I can't see either of those two players beating her. I know exactly what you mean. One player who I, I mentioned to you earlier that I, I thought, you know, could go toe-to-toe with her because of the way she runs and everything is Halep. And I feel that we really should touch on that match a little more because 15-13 in the third set three hours and 44 minutes and she showed something to me today that she doesn't often show or she certainly has been guilty of failing to produce in those sort of tight moments a fighting spirit a a refusal to yield a perseverance and a victory against all odds you don't see that that often from Simona Halep I think this was a big win for her maybe there's not enough left in the tank but still hats off I think if anyone's got enough left in the tank, it's Simona Halep. And yeah, today is as as uh, dire as it was for her at some stages, scoreboard-wise. I think overall it's a positive for her plight to win a first Grand Slam title because it's it's taught her something about herself mentally, which she might have doubted before today. And she did win it. Lauren Davis didn't lose it. I know she was having physical issues towards the end, received a bit of treatment. But she she was so gutsy today, Lauren Davis. She's a, she's a plucky little thing. And I don't think she lost it. I don't think there was any choking. I know that she served for it. She had match point, but... It was about Halep winning it, and that will be crucial. If she, if her legs can recover, and I believe they can, I, I think Simona Halep could easily play best of five set tennis comfortably. Um, so yes, it was long today, but it was you know about the average length of a five set men's match. Um, if she can recover, I think it will do her bid good. But I think Kerb is looking better. Also, uh, Naomi Osaka next for Simona Halep, who's so dangerous. I mean, she beat Ash Barty today comfortably. Just a final word on Lauren Davis. I thought she was wonderful today, and she didn't deserve to come off that court as a uh, as a defeated player. So, well done to her. Um, on the men's side, two pretty pretty sizable shocks: Alexander Zverev and one Martin Del Potro, both going out. Zverev, you know. He's had a few of these now. That's three in a row where he's lost in f- five sets to Milos Raonic, Borna Choric, and now here against Hyun Chung, you know, at slams. And Hyun Chung is a very good player, will be an even better player, is an enormously improved player. There's something very sort of hypnotising about watching him play. He's an incredibly clean ball striker, moves incredibly. His legs are like tree trunks. You feel like, you know, you could... 
could probably get an axe and he couldn't chop through those legs. Not that anybody would want to try, but he was great. But a six love fifth set, really? I mean, that's that's not great. But the good news is, in press, he was he's very upfront about. It. I think he said for sure. I've got some thinking to do about what's going wrong for me at slams. He knows there's a, a bit of a disconnect here. And in the German portion of his press conference, um, he was explaining that he was pretty inconsolable afterwards in the locker room. And actually, Roger Federer was in there preparing for his match against Richard Gasquet, which he's very definitely going to win, by the way, 4-2 up in the third. And he actually came over to Alex Zverev. And Zverev wouldn't disclose exactly what was said, but he did say that what was said helped him significantly in a very dark moment. So I do wonder if that will be um, a little episode that is recounted and looked back on in 5, 10, 15, however many years. And although we don't know exactly what was said by Roger Federer, what I would imagine was said is that, Alex, when I was 20 years of age, it was 2002, and I was the favourite for the French Open, and I was the favourite for Wimbledon, as anointed by John McEnroe, and I lost in the first round of both. And he'd not won a Grand Slam title to that point. Took him until he was 21. So, you know, there is evidence there that arguably the greatest player of all time with 19 slams went through this kind of thing. Now, Zverev may never get there. He may not. But, you know, there's no need to panic. Absolutely not. For me, the overall trajectory of Alex Vera's career is not affected by what happened today. He's still as good as he was before today. He's got some things to think about, exactly as he said. He's never beaten a top 50 player in a Grand Slam. That is something he needs to address. There is something going wrong at Slam level, but I, I believe he will. And, uh, yeah, the comparison with Roger Federer, you know, no one's saying he's going to go on to win 19-plus Grand Slams necessarily, but it is definitely a valid comparison, and I think he's going to be just fine. It might not come as quickly. He just wants it all to come now, doesn't he? He wants it all to come now, but he's only 20. He's 20. It's nothing. Crikey. I couldn't... I couldn't make my bed when I was 20. Um, We have uh, lost... Well, Martin Del Potro today, excellent performance from Thomas Burdick. Well done to him. Novak Djokovic, straight sets win, but a little bit of concern. He was seen face down having a bit of stretching, uh, as if maybe the back was causing a problem. I haven't seen his transcript yet. Yeah, had some manipulation a couple of times, I think, on the back. It was still a very good performance. Look, Ramos Vinales is a great matchup for him. It, it's it's like Nadal and Ferrer and like Federer and, and Gasquet. You know, it's the same model of game, but frankly less good just less effective so it it works well for him but yeah a little bit of what we need to see the transcript don't we although having said that would he tell us if it was a grave problem I don't know and if it is a grave problem and he's still winning straight sets great he certainly looked okay to me at the end, and uh, and he moves onwards. A word on Tennis Sandgren, an actual tennis player who's beaten Maximilian Martyr, uh, also a magnificent name. Um, t- tennis, who, who has reached the fourth round of a slam for the first time in his life, he said that when he goes to Starbucks, he says that his name's Dave, so that they uh, don't have to get into the conversation about why are you called after a sport. To be honest, I sometimes um, say my name's Joe, just because I, I just can't be bothered with that. Catherine, oh, is that with a C or a K? It doesn't matter, mate. 
you know, I once, I actually went in once and called myself Troy, just because I wanted to know what it would feel like to be Troy. Did you really? Yeah. I think I feel a segment coming on. <laughs> Things went, you've called yourself in Starbucks. A, I went through a phase of just saying cat, because I thought that's unequivocal. Oh, horrible. Still, no, and I was still getting with a C or a K. And then, so I went with Kath, but apparently in, and I went through that phase in New York last year, but apparently Kath isn't a name in, in the States. That's not, it's just, people just don't do that. So I was getting, so I did Joe for a while. Now I just don't go to Starbucks. My wife once challenged me to call myself Bifflin. I, just for fun. Uh, and I did. There we are. Uh, you didn't know that, did you? Uh, Leighton Hewitt. Leighton Hewitt. No, hang on, I'll tell you one last thing about Tennis Sangren. He's from Tennessee. Is he? Perfect. Perfect. Well done, tennis gods. Um, Leighton Hewitt. Oh, our French colleagues are getting very excited because uh, Richard Gasco has just hit a sensational backhand. Uh, I pledge now that if that sensational backhand is the start of the full-on Gasquet comeback, I will come back at 2am and re-record this podcast, but it ain't happening. Okay. Uh, Catherine Whitaker. there. Leighton Hewitt... um, is supposed to be retired, but instead he's winning 7-5 in the third set with Sam Groth, who's also retiring at this tournament, and they're into the third round of the, uh, of the doubles. I mean, Hewitt was high-fiving people in the front row. He, his son was dressed in the back-to-front back to baseball cap with blonde hair spilling out, with sleeveless shirt, shouting, Come on! at his dad. I mean, come on, that's so good, isn't it? Chip off the old block. I tell you what, I saw the queues around court two to to, to get in there, and it, they probably could have filled it four times over, I reckon, court number two for that Groth-Hewitt match, and I'm pretty sure everybody left feeling like they'd they got their money's worth for the day. That is developing into a very interesting little sideshow at this Australian Open. Well, d- during Kerber against Shabbat, the place was half full for a while because everybody <laughs> was trying to watch that. He's, he's the man that can't retire, isn't he? He's, he, he just can't help himself. He doesn't want to stop. <laughs> Let me hear it. Uh, we've been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. We hope you've enjoyed another show. We'll be back with you tomorrow. want to say a big thank you, of course, to our executive producers, Melanie Bowes, our champion of the Tennis Podcast predictions, Triple S, and, of course, TennisBalls.com, who support us all the time. Uh, we want to say thank you to our sponsors, La Manga Club, who are responsible for Catherine's awesome forehand that's going to apparently be uh, wheeled did upon me later in this tournament and uh, Catherine go and rest up we'll be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow see you soon mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 